thank you, Jesus. Jesus, the anointed one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Give you all the glory and magnify you. We worship you. We worship you. If you're just joining us online, we're just in the time of worship. We're worshiping Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Lion, the Lamb. And we welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. I encourage you, if you're watching live or on, on replay, just to tap into the Spirit of God right where you are. It might be a simple smile on your face and just say, God, I'm just yielding to your Spirit today. But there's a healing flow that flows through your life just as much as in this building. In fact, I know just by speaking that people are watching in need of healing. People are desperate for a change of the circumstances and situations. Well, I'm here to tell you that God, my God is a God of change. My God is a God of breakthrough, of victory, of healing, of health. He is the God of the turnaround. He is the God who flips it upside down. No matter how dark it feels, no matter how dark it looks, my God is the God of the turnaround. My God is the God of the victory shout. My God is the victory. My God is the victory because he is the victorious one. Oh, he has won the victory so big that the defeat doesn't even register on the scale. No, my God is the God of turnaround. My God is the God of complete and utter victory. My God is the God of complete and utter breakthrough. My God, my God, my God, my God reaches from the, the tops of the heavens and reaches inside the heart of the believer and pumps that believer full of victory and triumph. My God is the God of the turnaround. If you're believing for turnaround today, don't turn off. Tune in. Press in. Whatever that situation and circumstance might be. My God. My God. Hallelujah. My Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us of our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, do not let us yield to temptation. The Lord's Prayer, just in another translation, but Jesus kept talking about prayer. And he said, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed and I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for your friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, 
He will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find what you are seeking for. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does not you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your eyes wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the people I made him a leader among the nations. You will also command nations you do not know and people unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, God's people, God, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And all these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said this, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. Hallelujah. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life of life. My God is the God of turnaround. My God is the God of the breakthrough. My God is the God who pours out of his life flow into your life so that you can walk in freedom and victory. My God. Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just give the mic to Veronica and let her just preach for a second. I don't know what she's got, but just, just let her preach. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we just come humbly before you. You are the great I am. You are the great I am. And as we sang today, 
We are who you say we are. We are who you say we are, not what the world says we are, but who you say we are. We are free. We are redeemed. We are mighty in your eyes. There is nothing that can come against your your children. We are victorious. We have everything because you are the great I am. You're our Father. There is no one like you. You're our Heavenly Father and you have made all things possible for those who love you. You have made all things possible for those who surrender to you. You're our Heavenly Father. You're a good, good Father. There is no one, nothing above. There is nothing, there is nothing that can come against us because we are your kids. You're our Father. We, we declare this morning, as we were singing that song, there was a declaration rising up in me. Fear, chains are falling and fear has to bow. Chains are falling this morning and fear has to bow because there is no chains binding, binding us and there is no fear that is binding us because it is finished. It is finished. It's finished at the cross. Jesus paid the price. We are free. And he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Chains are falling and fear is bowing. Let's declare that this morning. Chains are falling and fear is bowing. Chains are falling and fear is bowing. Chains are falling and fear is bowing. No more chains, no more binding, binding, and no more fear in the kingdom of God. We are free. We are free because it's who the sun sets free. It's free indeed. We are free. Freedom. Freedom. You're free in this place. Don't be bound. Don't be bound this morning. We are free. We are free. We are free. Freedom. You are free. Pastor, you are free this morning. You are free this morning. Let's be free. Free. Freedom. Hallelujah. We declare it this morning. We declare it this morning. And we speak to the enemy. We tell you there's no place for you in this place, because we are free. We are free. We are free. Freedom. Hallelujah. There's nothing quite like a Scottish person shouting the word freedom, is there? Ha, 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 ha. 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 Whoa. That's it. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, so, 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 If I knew you were going to get so excited, I made sure we shut the doors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, thank you, team. Thank you, worship team. We appreciate you. We'll let the just want to hold fire on letting the kids go. Just hold them here for a bit longer. You guys can settle down. And thank you, Elson. Elson, just be ready to get jump up and play again at the end if, you, if we go that way. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to give Veronica a break from doing the giving today because she's just had a... a you know what? You know, when the, the anointing to preach comes on somebody, it comes out completely different in different people. Some people will hoop in a holler. Some people will take their time. Some people will just laugh. But there's an anointing to preach. Jesus said, I'm anointed to preach the gospel. There's a preacher inside of Jesus. He wasn't just a teacher. He was a preacher and a teacher. Teaching's great and wonderful and step by step sometimes it's necessary to just teach the word, the principles of the word and keep it going. But sometimes we need a preacher because a preacher will come in and smack people out of their normal comfort zone. A preacher will shake things. A preacher will declare things prophetically and with impact. A preacher will come and stir things up and maybe annoy people. It, It takes a bit of spiritual common sense and a spiritual awareness to understand that when someone who's preaching the gospel, you might not like how they're doing it. But God's doing that on purpose. Many people have been misunderstood because they're preachers. There's um, people in the healing movement in the, in the early 40s, 50s. There's one guy, I think he used to spit on everything. One guy used to blow on everything. Because people were, were, were he was, he picked, they, they picked up something in the word and they knew it worked, so they kept using it. People misunderstood a lot of things that would happen because people will just project for, and pull from on the inside of them. But I thank God that this is a group of people who does not easily get offended at the things of God. That we're going to keep going into the deeper things of God and we're going to keep pulling on the deeper things of God and we're going to learn how to flow in the Holy Ghost like never before. Because this is an end time move. This is an end time prophetic declaration in this city and in this nation. Faith Life Ministries, Center Ministries is a prophetic declaration into the end times and into the movement of the revival things that need to be done. We might not be the polished, finished article yet, but we're chasing something. We're going after something. We're pressing, pressing into the deeper things of God. Deep calls unto deep. Deep calls unto these kids are getting saturated in something. They, they might be playing. They may be dancing around, walking. It's a privilege to be able to hold the baby and have them fall in my... In my, in my asleep on my shoulder during worship. It's lovely because we know that we're going forward. When we've got children in the house, we're going forward. Many churches don't have children in the house. And when there's no children, there's no future. Children are not perfect. Children children will test your patience. But you know, God's anointing and power is far greater. I love the stories from Azusa Street. When, when the children would just play in the glory cloud, play hide and seek. The glory was so thick. The kids would play hide and seek. They want to do that, don't they? See, I don't want to hear wonderful stories about the past revivals and never see it happen for us. Hallelujah. The glory of God filling up his temple. Hallelujah. 
that we would see the things that we've heard about, that we'd see the things that we've heard whispers about or read in books. God, we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking for the deeper things, for the things that are special. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Father God. Help us lay the foundation accurately so that many can follow us and benefit from the sacrifices that this church has made, that Harrogate has made, and Manchester has made, and other churches in the area that are hungry for the things of God. Enlarge the place of your tent. That was what God said to us. Enlarge the place. That's what it says in his word. So we stretch ourselves by faith. Hallelujah. That, the, mm, that every person in this room would be used of you in a marvelous way. Because as we purpose in our heart to go after the things of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Glory to you. Freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father God. Glory to your name. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
Spirit of the Lord would say, come. anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Come. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. The glory manifest of the unity of this fellowship the blessing is being poured out because of the unity of our hearts and of our minds the blessing is being poured out harmony harmony unity in the simplicity of the functioning of this body 
there is a blessing being poured out. Receive it today. Receive it today. Hallelujah. Not one of us to be cut short of the things that he has for you. Not one of us cut short of life, of health. Not one of us cut short of blessing and prosperity. When the brethren dwell in unity, great power is possible. Two is better than one. Three is better than two. Four is better than three. And in the multitude, praises ah, combined. Hallelujah. The multiplication of the corporate anointing. And the presence of God. As believers gather together in these end times is what will cause the church to be glorious. The unity presented before the Father in the throne. He knows he can bless. He knows he can pour out. He knows he can trust you with more place of unity things grow in the place of unity the enemy is held back in the place of unity weeds cannot enter in the place of unity you've got someone else's back in the place of unity things flow free in the place of unity there is liberty. The place where we sit is unified. And the place where we stand is glorified. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like a great army that rises on the horizon, our enemy sees his time is near it's ending and it shall come crashing down for the glory ones have arrived the glory ones are moving the glory ones are flowing together at a place and at a pace unknown to man the church is coming the church is coming alive the church is moving the church is moving alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So get ready. Get ready to give birth. To get ready to party. To get ready to join in with the things that he has for us. The pleasant things. The wonderful things. The special things. For he will manifest in your presence and he will 
flood free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha. Bosleishti. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, there will be drama. Yes, there will be calamity. Yes, there will be shaking. Yes, yes, yes. To all of the above, troubles will come. But hallelujah, but hallelujah, but hallelujah. You stand, you stand, you stand, and you stand. Having done all to stand, you stand, you stand. Because you're standing not only on the shoulder of giants, you're standing linked together with the brethren that dwell in unity. You're standing with someone beside you. You're standing with somebody cheering you on. You're standing with people looking down in the heavenly rafters who are encouraging you, speaking things over you. You are standing in the place of unity. You are standing in the place of glory. You are standing. You are standing and success and victory is already yours. The strength that comes and flows from within is who you are, not who you're trying to be. Healing is not something you attain. Healing is something you already possess. Freedom is something that you already possess. No more blockages. No more blockages. Yeah, I take authority over blockages. I take authority over financial blockage. And I would say, step out of the way. Move, shift, be cleaned out. The flow of finances will not hinder the end time church. We are an end time church. We have flow. We flow free. We release and we go. And we carry and we pick up. And we run and we carry and we pick up. And we run. We run in the things of the Spirit. We run in the things of the Holy Spirit. We run with angels. We run with the anointing. We run with the ha-ha-ha-ha. Masa, the joy that is our strength. We run, we run, we run with no hallelujah blockage. Yeah. So the enemy has tried to affect the supply chain of those who are out front. When an army would go into a land, if the enemy could route them and get behind them, the forerunners, the scouts, the people who are out in front paving the way, if the enemy could get behind them and cut off their supply chain, or the supply chain could, could be shortened or weakened or, or reduced to nothing, that enemy is left stranded. We are not stranded where we are, but we have a supply chain. And that supply chain is not only the river of, of the Holy Spirit, it's the word of the living God, it's the provision that he has set in place before the foundation of time. The 
provision is there, the provision will flow. If you do not allow the glory of God that is your rear guard to falter, if you do not allow the enemy to try and cut you off, if you stay connected and hooked up to that flow, there will be no blockage. There will be no supply chain issues. But you keep running. You keep paving the way like an arrowhead into the enemy. We keep pushing. We keep pushing. In the spirit realm, we speak and we declare and we pray and we magnify the name of Jesus as we push into the enemy's camp. We push in. We push in. We're not taking prisoners. We're wiping them out. We're moving them out of the way. We're just giving way for people to come up behind us and to flow and flood the enemy's camp. Like a video game, when a video game character changes because he hits a special power. That's what we're going to carry. We're going to carry the glory to change lives that are going into the pit of hell, into the glory ones. They will be changed and they will be bought back and redeemed and we will carry the presence and we will connect with them and we will share and we will talk and we will pray and we will do what it takes and we will do what it takes. We will sacrifice it all if that is what is necessary to reach the people that we need to reach and to bring in the that harvest. Hallelujah. We are not a people that stray left or right. We stay focused, disciplined, ah, on the assignment, a foot on the pedal, foot on the gas, in the right gear, fueled up. Hallelujah. See, it's even illegal to not have windscreen washer in your car. You need to see where you're going. Hallelujah. We stay clean in him. We stay cleansed in him. Holy in him. Our eyes, not dim, but awake and open. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Yeah. There's a message to be spoken out. And the angel that's brought that message is with us. And we are not going to lose that message. We're going to complete that message. We're going to run that message into the ground. We're going to take it as far as we can take it. We're not a church who's going to let the light go out. We're going to keep burning bright. We will be the salt to this earth. We will be a light on a hill, shining, shining brightly in the darkness. We are committed to seeing it through. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because we dwell in that place of unity. For harmony is as precious 
as the anointing oil that was poured on Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Praise Jesus. If you have your Bibles, and I will let the children out in a minute, just give me a few more minutes, Frankie, please. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go back to chapter 4, verse 13. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised, again, we also believe when Jesus returns. God will bring back God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. <clears throat> Sorry. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So we encourage each other with these words. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying it, everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as pregnant women's labor pains begin and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all the children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. This is the written word of the prophecy and the prophetic that's been spoken already today. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you already are doing. So be on your guard, in verse 6, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. 
Frankie, you can take the children out. let the kids out and we'll continue in the flow. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. You could probably turn the pads off. Yeah, it's fine. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Well, welcome to Faith Life Preston, if you're just tuning in. I'm not stopping in the flow. I'm just letting people settle down. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father God. Hallelujah. I'm actually going somewhere with all this. I believe God's been dealing with me and showing me and working with me this week. I, I don't always know when he's doing it until I kind of come on a Sunday morning and realize. Um, and I think there's a real drawing and a sense in me to, to really talk to the online guys as well. So if I'm looking at the camera a bit more t today, just bear with me. Unity, obviously, is very, very important. And many Christians, maybe if you're watching online and you sat there and thought, well, I've never seen unity in the church. The great thing about this church is there is great unity. I, I'm sure that you don't like everything about me. But that's, that's not unity, is it? Unity isn't, you know, when you drive a car, there, there's sometimes some strange noises in a car sometimes, and you think, oh, what was that strange noise? Do I need to check the car out? And then a few days later, it's, it's fine. It's kind of like that, the churches. There's things that crop up and things that come out. And, and if you just leave them alone and don't scratch it, nothing, nothing responds. It's just fine. There's other times when, when a pastor has to deal with things and pastors may have had to deal with you online and that's probably why you're, why you're watching online and not in a church. Pastors sometimes have to say things and sometimes they have to be strong about them. I mean, me and Veronica have been talking about our past histories and things like that, dealing with people. And, and sometimes pastors make mistakes, but sometimes also pastors are anointed. And pastors have to speak via the anointing. And pastors have to deal with things. And sometimes, reality is, you know, the Holy Spirit would rather deal with you direct. You know, when you're, when you're dealing with, when you ring up a, a customer service, you, you want to speak directly. But you never get to speak directly to the manager, do you? You never get to go to the top. But you see, Christianity is not like that. Christianity will, will, you can go to the top. And the top guy will talk to you. Because the top guy lives on, on the inside of you. But if you ignore that top guy, you're going to suddenly have to deal with customer services. And customer services aren't as easy sometimes to deal with as the top manager. The top manager in a, in a company will actually generally have the, the customer's heart at, 
in, 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 in his thinking far more than the, the customer service person. And the fivefold ministry are more like customer services sometimes because we're the ones who have to actually deal with the issues on the ground. Heavenly Father's in heaven on a throne. He's got it easy. He has to deal with us a lot, but he's got it fairly easy. He's got angels. He's got, he's got a great environment. He doesn't deal with the devil. But the thing, this is what's awesome about it is he's equipped us to do all these things. But if we're not willing to listen to, to the top guy, to the boss... You see it in, in big companies. There's, I'm thinking of a secular company, and um, I'm, I'm loath to say the name of it, but something happened in their marketing department lately, and they went so woke that half of America's kicked off. <laughs> they were, they were shooting, there were people getting their machine guns out and shooting this product because some advertising person in the, in the business went woke and put something on the cans that the American people didn't quite agree with. And it lost them billions. See, the customer service people at the bottom, they don't always get what's coming from the top. The top person knows the heart of the company, they knows the, the heartbeat of the company. Generally, if, if like, you look at someone like Elon Musk, for example, he turned Twitter around very quickly, much to the, the less crying. He sacked a load of people, got rid of a load of people because that company was turning into a, a company that basically served one agenda. And he came in and just transformed it completely. And now he's, he's actually, within a few months now, found a CEO who's going to pass it on. But that's what a, a good entrepreneur, a good boss person will do, will know their business so well. Anyone who's given birth to a business or a church as a leader or anything like that has the heartbeat of that. There's something on the inside. It consumes them. God is consumed. Jesus is consumed with his church. But the customer service representatives, they sometimes have to deal with people and say no harshly. Say no, we've got to do it this way. Sorry, I'm sorry, but the policy is this way. And God wants to talk to you direct in your heart, directly. But if you can't hear that, sometimes it's going to take somebody else to say something. It's going to take a man of God. And in fact, people have been pulled out in meetings and their mail has been read in public. But I can guarantee you God was trying to get a hold of that person to sort their life out time and time and time and time again. When the Spirit of God's nudging you, listen. When the Spirit of God is moving you to do something, listen. The best thing about finances and giving of finances is, and the best reason to do it, is because you can say, God, just tell me to give something away. And then you can start to learn the voice because God's a giving God, so he's always going to want to give something. He's always going to want you to give something. He's always gonna, see, you're learning to hear the voice of God. God, you might not have a voice that shouts you, go over there and do something, or go over there and do that, but there might be a quiet on the inside of you just saying, do this, do that, little, little by little. And if you can learn how to deal with that, when the big things that need to be dealt with in your life come up, God will deal with you, and you will hear. I do not want to be the person that has to confront people and talk to people and deal with things. I, that's not my... People might think that is your nature because I am quite a confrontational person, but really, I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to tell people off. I don't like telling my kids off. 
Allow the Spirit of God, sorry, I thought I lost the microphone then for a second. Allow the Spirit of God to deal with you. And a good thing as well, while I'm on this subject, is when we're in unity, and you look back over your life and think, oh, I've had a great run at church, it's been amazing, everything's really working really well. And then suddenly you get agitated, and something's trying to pull you away from that unity. Pay attention to that. And think, hang on, something's not quite right here. Something's rubbing me up the wrong way. I know many times in my life I've got agitated and frustrated at certain situations. When, when especially with like me and Louise have, have been in church for so long now, it feels like I was born in church, raised in church, didn't really leave church much. I mean, that's not true. But I, I, I went to a Christian school when I was a kid. I was like, it, it, it was everything was church. You know, Christmas was church, Easter was church. I know those are the obvious things, but it was, it's not just the Sunday morning for us. It was the, the practicing, the singing, the, the plays, the everything about everything was church. Everything, nothing went away from, even in the summer, my mom used to run a vacation Bible school that we went to. So everything, and other people know that. So you grow up in church, and you, you think that there's, there's going to be times you get frustrated with church. So if you're new to church, when you come into church and you're expecting perfection, it just isn't there. It's, it's impossible to have a group of 30, 40 people, 50 people, 100 people, all perfectly aligned and in sync and everything. But that does not mean unity is not there, that the presence of God's not there. There, there are things that God's wanting to get done in this earth that is going to require several people, several leaders, several ministers. Several, it's going to uh, require that driving force. But there will always be people who are on the sidelines. There will always be people who hop on the bus and then get off the bus and hop on the train and get off the next station and things like that. There's a sense of unity that comes when you just keep that driven attitude of going in that same direction. And that's what we're doing here. I thank God for Faith Life Preston. That is certainly happening. But what, what, where am I going with all this? Why am I talking about this? There's a layer here. It just talked a lot about um, 1 Thessalonians 5, about when Jesus is coming back, the, 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 the Lord's return will come unexpected like a thief in the night when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them, and suddenly as pregnant women's labor's pains begin, and there will be no escape. We're rushing towards these times. We're rushing very fast towards the return of Jesus Christ. It could be 10 years, it could be 20 years, but I can guarantee you everyone in this room 20 years from now you'll look back and think, wow, that was quick. That was fast. I've said this before. I remember a minister about 10 years ago saying that Jesus is coming back 30, 20, 30 years ago. And I look back and think, gosh, that, that was like 10, 15 years ago he said that. And I thought, no, because Jesus is coming back sooner than this. Five minutes in, in God it can, can just be stretched out into eternity, but then eternity can be squashed in five minutes. A thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. And God's not rushing us because he's great patience, but he's working with us as time rushes towards that point of rapture, seven-year tribulation, a thousand years of reigning with him. And then the devil will be loosed out again one more time. 
then the great battle will happen and, and then it's all done. New heaven, new earth. Something that Pastor Paul Brady brought out on Friday night, he, he was talking about um, when God said, let them be made in our image. And he said some things that if you kind of push into it, you could get off track and you kind of really kind of try to figure out where he was going with it. Because he didn't really explain himself because he was flowing. And quite often I do that. I'm sure I say a sentence and then you guys are trying to figure out what I've said and I've moved on. You know, and 20 minutes later I've forgotten to tell you the answer. So I understand, I get that. But he said some things and, I th- and I gra- I, it, it picked my ears up. He said, there was more happening in the creation of man and woman. At the beginning of when Adam and Eve said, there's more happening than we understand and know. And it reminded me of a little episode, I don't know if you've ever seen the Bible Project. It's um, uh, an animation, and it kind of, it, 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 there's loads of episodes on it, and it, it, the guys who do it are highly educated, they're very creative, but they explain the Bible, and they talk about things like the counsel of God, the, the, the counsel, and I don't really, I, I just, it just flashed when he said it, and I thought, the counsel of God, what does that entail? Is it just the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God? Is, it, is there more to it than that? I, I don't know. I don't know the answers, but my point being, there's so much happened in the creation of mankind that we don't understand yet where God's taking us in eternity. And, and we're so bogged down in, in our little lives that we don't really get our eyes up above the horizon and to think and, and try and conceive what's going to happen in eternity. I think Jesse DeFlantis talks about it this way. When you walk around heaven, you just you walk around and you see something and just go, glory. Because it just blows your mind of what God's done in heaven. Just glory. And then everyone around you will start to say glory. And everything, everyone gets fired. You know, you, you see this on, on old ministers will say hallelujah. And the, and the congregation go hallelujah back. It's that, that, that interaction of the believer. And that's, you know, we're, we're scratching the surface at so many things in our church services and so many things in our life because we're so bogged down and so limited and so restricted and bound to what we see in the natural as possible. When we're operating in unity as a, as a vehicle, as a church, great things are going to happen. Great things are going to manifest in our midst. Great things, you know, that anointing that hit Veronica. Because I did say to her, let Veronica preach. And then she started praying. And I was thinking, oh, I hope she's going to get to what I thought was on my heart. And then she started to preach. The anointing came. And, and she ran with it. That's the exciting stuff. We love that, the supernatural, the spectacular but in the little, in the little shiftings and the change, you know, see, see I, I'm going to keep talking to Veronica. I know she doesn't like doing this stuff, but I know there's more in her. And it's coming out. And it's great to see. And that's why gathering together, not on a couch or at a table or at a phone or a, a, a laptop, is so important because it allows you to become who What did we sing this morning? You are who you say I am. You cannot do that by yourself. It takes a gathering place. 
Paul Brady was again saying about places. Jesus ministered in places and certain places. It wasn't just about an event. There was places that he, he, he went in and, and spent, Jesus went in and spent time in a place. That's why we're here, and that's why we're not moving. We're here because we're in this time for this place. And it's exciting to just dream a little and go beyond what we see in the natural and our mental constraints. It's all about what's in the mind. It's all about going beyond stretching the place of your tent, enlarging your vision, enlarging. And, and, and most of us couldn't conceive what one man like Elon Musk has achieved. Most of us couldn't conceive it. And he's only operating in a very limited natural human capacity. I'm not saying he's not a Christian because he associates with some Christians and there, there, there could be an influence there. I don't know, his childhood, whatever. Like Donald Trump was his childhood, his grandma was a prayer and things like that. There, there, there's these great people who have got Christian connections, but they've achieved so much in their limited capacity as a human, unregenerated, unborn-again place. Yet we've been given all authority and all power and all... And, what, what is the ceiling? I think I've said this a few weeks back. John Maxwell calls it the law of the lid. And an, and an organization can only go as high as the leader. So are we in our natural lives thinking beyond that capping that we've already put? Romans 12, chapter 1. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. But what are you renewing your mind with? Are you renewing your mind with this word? You know, you put the limitations on this word, not God. God has, there are limitations in this word in terms of there are, it's, it's, for, it's in a book. It's written down on pages. You can't add to it. We can't take away from it. There are certain limitations. But if you read, let's just look at this one scripture verse because this is one scripture verse that can just blow your mind if you let it because renewing our mind to the word of God is allowing ourselves to think beyond and bigger than anything that is possible that you've, actually seen. You're going to know the scripture verse. I'm not telling you. Where is it? Where, what's, if you don't know it, when I say it, then, then I'll tell you. Okay. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through that mighty power we've just been talking about, it, that mighty power that lives inside you at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus. So even beyond your ability to ask or think, God's able to do more. 
And, and some of you might sit there and think, well, I don't want any more. But you know what? That's okay. Go for what you, you God gives you the desires of your heart, doesn't he? And some people can say God placed that desire in your heart, but also you can actually develop those desires in line with his word and go bigger. And then God will provide those desires. Some of you might just have the desire to be a stay-at-home mom. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with living within constraints of, of the mind and whatever. But what you need to make sure you're not doing is shutting off God from doing more than what you're asking or thinking. Because he says he will do abundantly above all that you ask or think. I'm not asking everyone in this room to be billionaires. Because if you were all billionaires, the chances of you turning up every church on a Sunday morning every week would be very slim. Be jet-setting all over the world, dealing with businesses and problems. You know, a, mil a person with a million dollars has far less problems than a person with a billion dollars. A person with nothing has far less problems than a person with a million dollars. You know why? Because a person with nothing, all he needs is food and a bit of clothing. But the person with a million dollars may have all the food and all the, all the clothes, but he's really sometimes a few days away from being completely broke. A lot of these people who have got millions and millions of things, they, 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 if one thing goes wrong, <sighs> plane crash. And you've, we've seen it time and time again, businesses in the stock market and things like that just... <sighs> there's a film on, I think it's, I don't know if it's Netflix or something, there's a, there's a film on about this, this, this business, I can't remember what it's called, and I haven't watched it, I haven't, I've just seen it on there, but it's a famous business, how they, they, they just blitzed it and they got amazing, they went from nothing to millions and millions of dollars in, in, in like very short period of time, but then a few months later, a few years later, everything went wrong and it came crashing down. <laughs> came crashing down. See, God's not about crashing down, is he, in any of our lives? Not my God. My God is what? The God of the turnaround. The God of the breakthrough. The God of freedom. The God of life everlasting. That's my God. But our minds, what does it say in 1 John? No, sorry, third John. Little John. Dear friend, I hope you all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. That's not the best translation. Let me find it in the King James because King James is obviously the right one for most things. Dear friend... I hope, oh, sorry, that's the same translation. That's why it said, dear friend. I didn't think King James used dear friend in it. Um, beloved, that's more King James, isn't it? I wish above all things. This, you know who the Apostle John was? He was the, the apostle, the disciple who laid his head on the chest of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you. I don't generally let people I don't know lay my, their head on my chest. If Elson came up and sat next to me and put his head on my chest, I'd be a little bit uncomfortable, and I kind of know who, who he is. I've kind of known him for a while. Now, if my wife does that, I'm open. 
You know, I'm open. But some random person who just puts their head on my chest, I'm not going to... Jesus knew John. John knew Jesus. There was a, a relationship was stronger. In fact, he was the apostle that they tried to kill several different ways. One of them was putting him in a vat of boiling oil. And I mean, that must frustrate. I mean, just, just think of what, like, you know, we, we get frustrated with not being able to deal with criminals these days. But if you, you know, you put a, this, 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 the government was just like, this, this guy needs to go. We need to wipe him out. We need to get rid of him. Okay. Well, we've tried to, we've, we've tried to, we've tried to put some fire. We've tried to kill him. We've tried to assassinate him. Nothing's working. We've got him now. What do you want to do? Let's, I know, let's create this big fat, boil some oil, and chuck him in it. I mean, that must have smelt horrible. I don't know if they did this to other people, whether this was a fashionable thing at the time. Crucifixion used to, was supposed to take four days. That's why they did it to the criminals. The Romans did it to really make a, 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 a thing of it. These criminals who were just lining the streets that you'd walk past, oh, he's, oh, he's got another day to go yet. Oh, yeah, right, Bob, no, I've got, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Because they wanted to create crucifixion to be this horrible, nasty thing. So they must have, I don't know if they tried to crucify John before. I think he possibly did. They did. I'm not versed in my history that well. But when they put him in that boiling oil, they must have thought, that's it, that's done. And then you pull him up, and he's just like, hey guys, my hair's not even singed. I've got a great complexion now, because that oil's just got into my pores. Clean me out. I've got like a glow, a healthy glow. Uh, you probably got sunburnt walking home, you know, in the sun. But this is the guy who knew Jesus that well that they couldn't just kill him off. And what does he say? One of the last letters he wrote to the church. From the, I'm guessing it's from the Isle of Patmos when he sent these letters out. He was, he was exiled because they couldn't kill him. And he said, Beloved, I wish above all all things that you prosper and be in health. Strong and free in 23. Prosper and be in health. But, there is a but. It doesn't say it in the King James, but I'm putting it there. It says, but your soul must prosper in order for you to be in health and prosperity. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Because your emotions, if they control how you think or they control how you act, will hamper or greatly increase your success rate. If I'm horrible to people as a pastor, you might come because you feel some guilt that God told you to be in this church, but not forever you'll eventually get annoyed enough that my emotional ability to make you angry and frustrated because I'm just not in the right place, my character is rubbish and I shouldn't be up here, you will leave because my emotions keep flaring up because you say something and I just shout at you. So the church couldn't grow and can't grow if the pastor's emotions are all over the place. And I've, we've all been there. We've seen pastors go up and down and, and, and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. You know, I'm not saying that you, pastors aren't going to make mistakes. Pastors aren't going to yell at the sound guys a couple of times. Tell them to wake up. Wake up. 
But generally, if our emotions are in charge of our actions, we're not going to see success. You think of that in a business. Have you ever been in McDonald's and just really regretted going? Because the people just make you... F I've been to, to pubs for a meal, and I just thought, why have I even stayed past the walking in the front door? Customer service has gone out the window so, so much that I just sometimes think, what's the point? Where were we the other... I'm sure it was the other day. I just, I just felt like, why am I paying you money? The food's not good. The service is terrible. It's only I'm only here because my stomach's in charge of, of my mind and my spirit today. Even as your soul prospers, that's what's going to be the determining factor as to whether you prosper in your finances or you prosper in your health. Many, 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 many people have died young because their emotions have controlled them and their physical, the physical symptoms that have killed them have come from some deep-rooted thing on the inside of their emotions. Now, people will start talking about you need deep inner counseling and all this kind of stuff. A lot of that stuff is just garbage. There's nothing wrong with me sitting down and talking some things through without you, but I don't need to know about your past and every little childhood issues that you've gone through in order for you to, to, to see your life change because there are people who have been birthed in rape. There have been people who have been birthed in hugely bad, um, abusive situations and have gone on to succeed greatly. Think, I think of Joyce Meyer being one of them. But the reason she's a success is because she wrote, and she wrote a great book entitled what? Battle field of mind. Now say what you think about the rest of her ministry. She caught on to one really good thing and it was the fact that you needed to change your mind concerning the situations of your past. It wasn't about some emotional cleaning. And I'm not saying if you get knocked down by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will do something on that floor and I believe that and I, and I preach it and I'm going to pray for people and the Holy Ghost will do that work. But me sitting there for six hours talking about the, the thing that your mother said when you were three and a half years old that really upset you and that you still can't put your clothes on correctly because you're so upset about that one little thing that happened. I know because I'm, I'm that guy. For years I would be upset and, 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 and cry, complain and cry about things that I thought were bad in my childhood. And I brought, I, hey, I was brought up in a Christian Pentecostal, well actually that makes it worse sometimes, brought up in a Christian Pentecostal environment. Because they weren't, they weren't the, the most compassionate. We're talking, anyways, I'll leave that alone. But people have far worse childhood than me and done far more than I have ever done. Because some people will take it and, and, and even in their human, natural, unborn again, sin-filled life, they'll make a decision to say, that's never going to happen to me and that's never going to happen to my children. I'm going to succeed and I'm going to do everything and I'm going to put my whole life into this. Why as Christians do we have to sit around and cry about things when we've been given life eternal. Dwelling in the place of unity gives you an opportunity to take Veronica's hand, to take Elson's hand and say, come on guys, we're going to keep going. So if there is something that's bothering you, we're, we're here for you. We'll support you, we'll love you, we'll give you a hug. But the reality is most of us just need to do what this Bible says. Prosper your soul. 
Spend time making sure that your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions are rock solid. Because I tell you, it'll do you well in the workplace. It'll do you well in church. It'll do you well in your family. What is a prosperous soul? Oh, we haven't got any money to pay for the shopping today. Ah, God, what are you doing in my life? Where's the money? Help! That's not a prosperous soul. Falls apart because you haven't got the money in the bank account. I'm talking to some people that have been there. I've been there. On the floor crying because I can't afford to do this or I can't afford to do that. I'm not saying that God won't give you help in, in, in your time of need. What I'm saying is your reaction and your determination to stand strong on the word is going to make far better future plans for your life than if you fall apart. And it's a, a learning curve. Especially, I, you know, this is the way, I, the reason I think of this. You think about it in schools. Schools don't train children for life. And if you rely on education systems, they, they train you for, <laughs> well, it's got far worse than when I was a child, obviously. You, know, you talk to Frankie about some of the things that goes on in schools. These, you know, these separate rooms that you can go in. If you, oh, I don't feel well today. So you go sit in a room and talk about it. We didn't get an opportunity to do that as kids. But I tell you, education system, the education system is not designed to produce free thinkers. It's designed to make you boxed in, ready to do a job that someone else is telling you to do. In fact, A students, the ones that do really well in school, don't do very well in business. They tend to do very well in a job. It's designed to corral you and keep you limited. I'm not saying if you've got a job that you're, you're you know, you're under the system and all that rubbish, because that's not true. But my point is the education system doesn't design you to prosper your soul so you can think beyond. You need Holy Ghost, fired up, Bible-filled messages stuck in your heart that you can stand in on a day-to-day -day basis that allows you to go beyond and to think beyond the horizon, think beyond the horizon of time, think bigger than what you see on in, inside of you and what's in front of you. You need that impact because you're the person to carry it to somebody else. Your job may be a vehicle for that right now. But I tell you, you prosper your soul and your mind and you, learn, and you start learning. And what, how do you prosper your soul? It, it's simple. I'll tell you how. It's my job today anyways. My child, pay attention to what I say. Are you listening? Right now I'm talking, so you need to listen. My words might not be what you need to hear, but on the inside of you as I talk, the anointing is coming. And if you will let it, it will drive a stake in you. Not, not, not steak for lunch, a stake with a hammer, drives that into you and it pierces your heart and it writes on the tablet of your heart something eternal that you can pull on and allow the Holy Ghost just to give you revelation so you just walk forward in life. You know, life gets really exciting when you start living like this. I've not learned everything about this. Some of this is just fresh stuff for me right now. I'm, you know... 
I'm just flowing. Hallelujah. Letting the Holy Ghost do the talking. But when we prosper our, our soul and our, and our mind and our will and we become strong in these things, we don't become spiritual flaky Christians, do we? You know, you, you understand spiritual flaky Christians. Ones that are just up and down all over the place, flag waving, painting on the sides of worship. It doesn't make, none of that makes sense to me. I'm not going to say there's, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with you being a Christian artist. I have no problem with you being a Christian artist, painting pictures. But please, get good at it. If you, I, I, too many Christian places I've been and said there's a Christian artist the painting and stuff like that. What's that? It's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh, okay, well, it looks like a bit like a, a fish, maybe. But a lion? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm messing a little bit, but I'm trying to poke. I'm poking the bear a little bit. Because the things of God are serious. They're not to be played with and messed around with. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible, I was anointed to paint the gospel. I'm not against Christian painters. I, there's, there's some fabulous artwork out there, and I'm not decrying that. But my point being, when you focus on the right, the, this word, this cement this in the word, you don't set up a prophetic dance studio in the middle of town and wonder why your bills aren't paid. Because there's no prophetic dance ministry in this Bible. Oh, I'm messing today, aren't I? Maybe this shouldn't go out live. Maybe this is my soapbox. But my point being, it's the Word and the Holy Ghost that will propel you to success. And it's your strength of mind, your strength of character, your strength of ability to use this Word skillfully in your life that will see prosperity and health flow freely every day of your life. My child, listen to what I'm saying. Meditate on the Word. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> you know, you do, you do, you just, well, the church of Jesus Christ is so, can go so all over the place. And I, I, I love the diversity in, in, in church. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not attacking diversity. I'm not attacking color. I'm not attacking culture or anything like that. What I am saying is that our relationship with the Word, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to come out and produce great results in our life. If it's not producing great results, something's off. Because above all things, I wish for you to prosper and be in health. Above all things, this dying apostle, prophet, minister, a disciple of Jesus, the first thing he wanted to tell them. And what does he say? Let's just keep reading that because it's a wonderful passage, actually. We always stop at that verse. I didn't realize what time it was. I will slow down in a minute. I'm glad we don't have a clock here. Never, never, ever put a clock in my church. I'm responsible. I'm serious. Dear friend, I hope you are well with you, that you are healthy in body and in strong in spirit. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and may be very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. Living according to the word, 3 John 
Verse 3. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. When I have a conversation with Pastor Joel during the week and I say, Veronica's following the word. Kaylee's following the word. That would make him far more excited than if I start talking to him about other things. That perhaps maybe you've started a Christian bracelet business. A bookmark. You're going to sell millions of bookmarks and pump the money into the God. He's not going to be excited about that as much as if I said, Veronica, you know what? She's had some issues this week, but she's come through because she stood on the word. She preached the word. She declared freedom. See, any one of us in this place and anyone who comes to this place is going to get an opportunity to flow in the Holy Ghost. That's my, my passion to see not just me and Louise be up here with a microphone, but to see many people flow and be released into their callings and their giftings because there's a world to reach. And it's always going to come back to that for me, to souls. It's always going to come back to me to reach people for Jesus. That is the way that we're going to see that happen. I tell you, I could have no greater joy than to hear my children are following the truth, the word, my, what did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. God is a good God. And as we close and look to close this service, I'm going to ask Louise to sing a song in a minute, if you can get herself ready. Sorry, Alton, you shall use the tracks. Um, But let's just center in on that message for a few minutes. The truth that is spoken into your heart by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is the truth that will set you free. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the revealed, preached Word of God. So if you're watching online today, if you're in the building, we're going to receive our offering. But you see, when offerings get received, it's a chance for you to hear the truth speaking to you. Are you going to listen to the truth of the word concerning tithing and giving? Are you going to listen to the truth of the word saying, Give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom? That's an opportunity to remind or renew your mind to those things. But as we receive our offering, you know, we'll put up the, the giving information on the screen in a second. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I'm just giving you the opportunity to do that. If you're watching online, it's, it's a privilege to receive finances that come in. We're a giving church, and we've given a lot out. We've sown seed into Pastor Paul and Karen Brady this weekend as a church. So we're expecting a harvest. We're expecting impartation. We're expecting things to flow. So if you need to do that online, it's faithlifecenter.com forward slash give, or you can scan the, the QR code. If you're in the building, um, we'll, we won't pass the baskets around now, but you can find if you, if you cash, there are baskets around. You can place them in there. But if you want to do that digitally, of course, online banking, all the information's online. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you, that you are as healthy in body 
as you are strong in spirit and making sure that your mind is whole and complete so that we can have no greater joy than to hear my truth. Here, my children are following the truth. So as we close with this song, and I'll maybe give a few announcements at the end, but let's just sing this song and just tap into it. It's a simple song. But let the blessing of God flow freely in your life. I tell you, Sunday morning is a precious but so is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Hallelujah.